Hello and welcome to another edition of the Main Stage. I'm Patrick McCormack, joined by Ryan Ginio. Ryan, thank you again for coming on and talking to me. No problem. Lots to talk about once more this week. Yes, Ryan, as you mentioned, we had number 19 women's soccer going again, a big 13-0 victory over Lincoln men's soccer. Big 2-2 draw with a 90th-minute goal by Gennaro Velarde. Volleyball went 1-1 one one on the week. Tennis wrapped up their season. They didn't finish the way they wanted to, but much to grow on with their young team and very excited about the future there. And then we have cross country, big results, Katie Moore, rookie of the year in the ECC also won first team honors along with Johnny Fitzsimmons bowling had another great week and we're just wrapping it up. Winter sports are starting. The fall starts are put sports are pushing towards the playoffs and I can't forget field hockey and they played a couple more games this week. Ryan, we go back to talking about the cross country spoke to first year head coach, for the women's cross country and track and field team, Laurel Fisher. Laurel shared her journey to Malloy from Fordham University and also some of the beginnings of her coaching career with the Lions as a head coach and also last year as, as an assistant. But before we get to all that, we're going to go over to the pitch where number 19, Malloy Women's Soccer beat Lincoln University 13-0 to continue their quest for home field throughout the ECC. Right now, they're in second place with a 6-1 record. They're a game behind or two points behind Damon, who's 6-0-1. And we have that big matchup next weekend between Damon and Mercy. But right now, the Lions are taking care of business. They sure are. And with that 13-0 win over Lincoln, that was their second biggest victory in program history. I think they won a game 16-0 back in 1997. But anyways, just a massive, massive win uh, for them that also clinched their spot in the ECC playoffs. They got two hat tricks, one from Aaron Fogarty and the other from Nicole Fabrice. Uh, Dana Potts, Brenna Glovery, netting two goals apiece. Also got some goals from some unlikely scores like Lindsey McCarthy, Joanna Masiri, Joanna Grossa getting one as well. So they didn't need to rely on someone like Lexi Vernon. Like it's surprising, even in a 13-0 win, she didn't get on the board, but it's certainly an encouraging sign that they can get goals from really everywhere on the pitch. And it's one of those games you look at it and it's not much of a challenge, but sometimes if you overlook a game, you can let it get away from you. And all these points are important. You want to come in and get three points in every matchup. And that's what you could, took care of Lincoln. They have a non-conference tilt today against post. And then you have two more games against the college of Staten Island and stack on senior day where you need all these points, because if mercy beats Damon, you find a way to maybe get a home playoff game or two in the ECC championship, which will be huge playing in your home turf, sleeping in your own beds instead of traveling all around the ECC. Hey, look at the ECC standings right now. Again, Damon in first on 19 points. Malloy tied with Mercy with 18. But again, since Malloy did beat the Mavericks 1-0 back at home uh, a week or two ago, they do have the tiebreaker. And the two teams they have left are kind of, you know, middle of the road teams that are really out of playoff contention at this point. You have Staten Island who are in sixth place and then Stack who are uh, looks like in like eighth place on six points. So on paper, these should be two fairly comfortable wins, but you never know in ECC play. Yes, and they're on a good journey. Everyone's cooking at the right time. Joanna Masiri got her first career goal. Nicole Fabrice got the first three goals of her career. Really just great to get those milestones down for the Lions and pick up a big win. They stay 19 in national ranking, but they're still there. Next week, we have more exciting women's soccer news where the NCAA regional rankings come out, where – United soccer coaches came out and that's not the official NCAA, but they're in the three spot. So hopefully they're somewhere around there to, to any 10 schools, St. Rose and 
Southern New Hampshire are one and two, followed by Franklin Piers and St. Anselm. So it's Malloy surrounded by four any 10 teams, but we'll see what happens when the first rack comes out sometimes next week. And we're really excited for that. So big news from the women's soccer front today, as we're talking about this down within the hour, the first rack came out and Malloy's three in the regional rankings, a really good spot to be in. St. Rose is one, Southern New Hampshire two, Franklin Pierce is four and St. Anselm is five. So three is a really good spot. Continue to take care of business. That at-large bid is looking really good. But like we mentioned before, you have to take care of the CSIs and the stacks before you look that far ahead. Yeah, certainly. And one thing I forgot to mention where Erin Fogarty, she wins ECC Offensive Player of the Week after netting her first career hat trick. So congrats to her for that award. But go over to the men's side where they failed to win any games this past week. Uh, but they got a massive, massive point against first place District Columbia. It was a two-all draw. Really no action in the first half. Nice tight defensive battle. But then they get to the second half. The game was wide open. And twice, Malloy had to come back from behind. Once through a Peter Meyer penalty kick, who he's been really automatic from the spot this season. And then Gennaro Velarde pretty much rescuing a point with 25 seconds to go. So even though they didn't get the win on Saturday, again, against the first place team, it is such a crucial point going forward. The point is so important. You look at the East Coast Conference standings, UDC's 5-0-2. They have 17 points. Stack, who you conclude the season against, is 5-1-1. They have 16 points. Malloy, 4-2-1, 13 points. Tied with Malloy for that third and fourth spot is Bridgeport at 4-2-1. But then you look at five and six. Roberts Wesleyan's 3-1-3. They have 12 points. And Mercy's 3-2-2. They have 11 points. So from spots three and four, the five and six, only two points surround those teams. And it's very important to get that because I think there were three or four ties in the ECC last week too. So they didn't lose any ground, and these ties are important because if, unfortunately, you find a way to lose the game, that point could get you over the top. And they're going into these final two games on a bit of a rut. Earlier today, they did lose 2-0 to their final non-conference opponent in Nyack, so kind of takes a bit of sting out of their momentum, but they're you know, this week, they're just looking to refocus. They are at Staten Island up next to a team, again, on paper, they should beat Staten Island or second to last in the conference, so that has to be three points. And then next Saturday, of course, they close out against Stack. And again, that is just going to be probably the matchup of the season, really, for the Lions. Again, currently three points behind Stack. So you feel like they need about four to six points, uh, you feel, to secure that place in the UCC playoffs. And one thing the Lions have been very good at this year is bouncing back after a loss. Most recently happened last week, lost 2-0 to Mercy on that Saturday, then came back and beat Chestnut Hill 3-1 on that Tuesday. You look at the same losing the just this month, losing the Queens one nil on Saturday, October 9th, coming back and beating assumption two one in overtime. So the group is definitely resilient. They fight back and they have that veteran core to come back and okay, we lost today against Nyack, but we have a big game on Saturday against CSI. Let's get ready and go, let's get down to business. And that's such a, a vital mentality to have, really, to be able to – and we've seen, of course, with the volleyball team this season as well at Malloy, but just that ability to just put past results or past sets behind you, just move forward, regroup, recover, and then just continue on and, and bounce back with a win, which, again, they're looking to get this Saturday at Staten Island. Speaking of said volleyball team, they have two rough results to bring – to start the week last week against uh, Southern Connecticut and Damon, both three nothing losses, but they bounced back and beat the Uville on Sunday, three to one. 
So I went one and one on the important Buffalo trip for seeding in the ECC. And it's just where they are. It's, they're not going to let a rough stretch bother them. You lose to two good teams, two teams that you've played already. Uh, Southern Connecticut, they beat early in the year. But coming back, a team against Damon, it's not taking anything for granted. And they got that 3-1 win over the Saints. Yeah, great win over Duyuville. Again, in four sets. So even though they won the first two, you know, fairly comfortably, the first set was a bit tight. And even in the set they lost, it went to just a, a couple extra points. So they only lost that one by two. Uh, but the real standout once more, we've talked about her week after week, is Graciela Cruz. She's had a, a brilliant past few weeks. She led the offense with 16 kills, also adding five digs, three assists, and two blocks. And because of that, she made it to the uh, ECC weekly honor roll uh, once more. And then, of course, Rebecca Meyer helping out as well with 11 kills. So, I mean, they got a nice dynamic duo going in this one that's, uh, that's really helped them out and, you know, ending that uh, losing streak. You also look at the front blocks on the outside. In the middle, Alex Brown had a career-high five blocks. Colleen Mulder had five blocks. And she also had uh, – they had eight kills apiece. So those younger Lions where Mulder didn't really see much time in 2019, didn't play in 2020, Brown and Meyer are both freshmen. They're seeing time, and it's really growing into the new role. So this playoff push is very important for the Lions, especially where you started the season against tough teams. You didn't get the results you wanted, but you're prepping for the grind, pre prepping for the tough part. And they've been resilient. So – Chances are they're going back to Buffalo again the week of November 19th and 20th to play Damon in the ECC championship. They played them twice, didn't really get the results they wanted, but as they continue to grow, you never know what happens. Yeah, they have a comfortable lead right now for that fourth and final spot in the ECC playoffs of five and three. The next closest team was the Uville at two and six. So that's what a three game uh, or three match lead, I should say, uh, over them. And really the key for them has, has been defensively as well. I mean, they lead the conference in digs per set. And you also have a sophomore in Colleen Mulder who leads the league in blocks per set as well. So if they can just keep things going offensively, it doesn't matter if it's through, you know, Alex Brown or Graciela Cruz or players like that or Kathleen Doherty as well. Uh, but if they can also equally balance that out with the, some great defensive digs, then uh, they're going to be a, a threat in the playoffs. Switching gears, and it is our guest for this week, women's cross-country and track and field head coach, Laurel Fisher. The cross-country teams were not as far west as the volleyball team, but they were up in Rochester for the East Coast Conference Championship. Big performances, as we mentioned, in the Open. Katie Moore, second consecutive line to win Rookie of the Year, the other being Christy Acarina, who unfortunately didn't run, who won the honor in 2019. She had a fifth-place finish. John Fitzsimmons finished fourth. So a really good showing from the Lions' top two runners, something they can really build off of. They have one more meet. They're not bringing both full teams, but they're going back up to Rochester to see what they can do in the ECC regionals on November 6th before we get into that track season. But really good times, really good building, really good progress for the team this year. And it's not just, you know, the standout players as well. They're getting help from really everyone on the team. For the men's, they placed third in the ECC championship. You know, of course, you have Fitzsimmons finishing fourth, also being named to the all-conference first team. And you have Aiden Watson and Frank Ferrante. They each had top 20 finishes. And on the women's side, they placed fourth in the championship. Caitlin Moore, along with her ECC Rookie of the Year award, also named to the all-conference first team. So no surprise there. But again, she was helped out as well with Marino Callahan and Megan Soule, each having top 40 finishes. And as we'll hear from uh, women's cross-country head coach Laura Fisher, how important it is for, you know, those fourth and fifth runners to get good times as well. And that's exactly what the women's and the men's team are getting. Then over to the bowling lanes, they had their first 
team by team competition. They went three and seven, started the weekend really well with a win over Sacred Heart before dropping the next five before beating Bloomfield and closing out this weekend with a win over Wagner College. So test against some good NEC schools, some teams in conference to see where they're at and three and seven to start the year. And the two standout performers for this one, freshman Hannah Scalaki on day one, bowled a 204, Colleen Kingset bowling a 199, uh, both coming to beat Sacred Heart in their first match. And up next round, they have a nice long weekend hosted by Adelphi at the Desi Strong Tournament. To wrap up our team recap, we have the field hockey team and the field hockey team this week fell to number six, St. Anselm, seven to one on their senior day. That was a really impressive class, which we'll get into in a little bit. And then lost number 10, Bentley, for nothing. Yeah, it's just another tough uh, opponents they're facing. You know, you have a sixth-ranked team in the in the Hawks, and, of course, you have 10th-ranked Bentley. But I, I was at the game against San Anselm, and they were really impressive, in the, in the, especially in that second quarter. You know, they go two goals down in the first. They stay resilient defensively in that second quarter. And then they get back into the game with a goal from, guess who, Kira Dolly, uh, who's been their main source of offense uh, this season, to really get them back in. It was 2-1, to one, but then – they couldn't kind of shift their momentum in their favor in that one. They concede five more goals, but still that type of fight we're seeing, even in, you know, a quarter and a half of play, uh, it speaks really a lot about uh, this team's potential. And we, I mentioned, we'll go back to the seniors, the six seniors, Aaron, Lizzie, Carly, Haley, Danica, and Kira. These are six student athletes, Ryan, who have really been through the formation of this program coming from playing as an independent and playing in that ECC championship tournament just to have some competition against Stack and Mercy, which I unfortunately lost, to growing into a playing in the NE10 for the second full year. These are six players who have really seen it all. They're really helping the program grow. And when it's all said and done, the wins won't be there compared to the losses, but they're really important to that foundation and really help the program take off. And I'm sure first-year head coach Catherine Brudy is extremely grateful to have these six uh, seniors around to really just help her out, kind of get adjusted and really adapt to the Malloy family uh, here on Long Island. So, uh, so yeah, they, she'll be definitely grateful. The program is uh, certainly lucky to have these six seniors. And hopefully we see some of them back next year with COVID and all. It's really Hard to tell what they're doing, but they have the option to come back. It would be great to see them back, but we also wish them best of luck in their future endeavors. Wrapping up on Senior Day's tennis with Brianna Gonzalez, another important member among that young tennis team who was part of that tennis team two years ago who helped them go to the playoffs, which is a very important step under Brendan Computo and this tennis program, but they have great young talent. They fell in both matches against Queens and Stack this past weekend. But the future is really bright, and we're really excited to see what happens in the spring and then next fall. That's the wrap-up of our sports. We're really excited to see our teams moving forward, pushing towards the playoffs. Congratulations on the sports that are wrapping up. It uh, was tough last year not getting a fall season in, but it was great to see them back in action. Unfortunately, we did not get the results we wanted sometimes, but we're going to continue. they're going to continue to grow off of that, and we're going to kick it to Laurel and learn about a little bit of her start at Malloy and her running career at Fordham. We would like to welcome head cross country and women's track and field coach Laurel Fisher to the main stage. Laurel, thank you so much for taking the time. Hi, thank you for having me. So you guys just finished uh, cross country championships. You had Katie Moore on the first team and also the rookie of the year. How did your first season go as a head coach? This first season was chaotic, but really rewarding. You know, the first couple of meets this season we had a handful of injuries that we were dealing with and just like a few other 
uh, problems along the way. So I really wasn't able to ever field a full team at any of my meets. Um, but the girls really all showed up uh, last Saturday for ECCs. They really pulled it together and they all ran so, so well. It's uh, rare that you get a perfect day of running um, or a perfect day for the team where everyone does really well, but that's kind of what we had on Saturday, which was extremely exciting. So just going back to Katie Moore's performances this season, I mean, just an incredible first-year campaign, fifth-place finish at the ECC Championship, winning the ECC Rookie of the Year. Just how impressed have you been with her this season? Oh, she is incredible. I mean, you see it in the results, but I get to see it every day in practice. She pushes herself every single day. For track or for cross-country, we have recovery days and then workout days. She gives 100% no matter what we're doing, 100% in the weight room, 100% on every run. So I've known that she could do great things, but it was pretty exciting to see how, just how well she did in every single meet. And then at ECCs, um, the field was really strong this year. So she had some great competition, but still she fared very well. Um, and yet again, broke another school record and impressed me and impressed herself. So she's pretty incredible. And this is really just the beginning for her. I'm very excited to see what she'll be able to do in the coming seasons and the coming years. So cross country and track and field are different than other sports because you finish your season in two weeks at the regionals back up in Rochester and then you have a quick turnaround up to track and field, which probably begins somewhere between the first two weeks of December. How do you, as a coach, change the methods of coaching cross country to indoor season? Yeah, so for cross country, we try to keep the kids off the track as much as possible. Um, so to train for track, you know, it's good to actually be on a track but it gets a little boring, a little mundane. And so for cross country, we take the athletes to a bunch of different parks. So fortunately we have Hempstead Lake in our backyard. Um, and then we also have Norman Levy, um, Wanta, uh, bike path, just a bunch of different places um, throughout Long Island that kind of break up the monotony of running laps. So now that we're, slowly approaching track season we will get on the track a little bit more um yeah and shift gears into that season and you know cross country is also different than other sports you know it's not like soccer or basketball where you can kind of implement these kind of tactics but what type of strategies if there's any are there used for you in a, in cross country oh yeah so um it depends on the course um and the competition but for example this weekend, the start of the cross-country course was extremely uneven. The grass kind of had a few dips in it. Um, so in that case, I would tell the athletes to kind of do their best to relax during that first, it was about 800 meters, so have them stay calm. Don't make any crazy moves or waste any energy where it won't really pay off. Um, and then the course slowly began to get very narrow and so I tell my athletes to get into the best position position possible because
because when the course gets very narrow, you can't do a lot of passing. And then for someone like Katie, um, we kind of know or we've seen her race against the top stack girl, the top Damien girl. So we kind of know how she's able to fare against these other athletes. Um, and so we could direct her to, you know, just follow them for as long as she's able to. And Katie has some really great speed, uh, really great foot speed. So if she's close enough to these athletes at the end, we, you know, believe that she could outkick them. So that's another uh, type of strategy that we would implement in cross country. But um, I think the best strategy for my athletes, since they all train together all the time in a race, I just say, work with your teammates and work with them against other teams. That's my favorite, my go-to for all my girls. We're talking a lot about Katie Moore and unfortunately Christy Acarina, who was the ECC rookie of the year in 2019 was out for this championship race. But you look at the future of your team, you have Katie and Christy and how do they set the tone for everyone else coming up through this program? They do such an excellent job of getting the girls really excited for meets. ECCs is a very stressful meet um, as it's our championship meet. And Katie and Christy, you know, they're very confident um, and they try and instill that confidence in the other athletes. Um, and they did a really great job of doing that this year, kind of just making sure that all the other girls kept running very relative and didn't make it or didn't make ECCs too big of a deal. It was just another day out running with their teammates. Um, so, yeah, Katie and Christy do a really great job of just keeping the girls calm before me and instilling confidence in them. It's also just great for the other girls to see just how successful Katie and Christy are and has been um, because when they see Katie up there competing with the best in the ACE in the ECC, they say, Oh, like if Katie can do that, I train with Katie. Why can't I do that too? So yeah, they've just been, really great for boosting team morale and um, getting everybody just excited to run. And two other players I wanted to touch on are uh, Megan Soule and Maureen O'Callaghan. They've kind of gone a bit under the radar, but they both had really strong ends of the season, getting top 40 finishes at the St. Joseph's Invitational, the ECC Championship. What have you thought of their performances this season? Yeah, so um, for cross country, your one and two can be the best that any team has ever seen. But what really matters is your three, four, five. That's where the most important points are scored. And for our team, that's Maureen, Megan, and then Evie Strati. Yeah, those three have made phenomenal, phenomenal progress this year. So Maureen O'Callaghan really started to make a lot of progress last spring, but it was kind of hard to see because of how scattered our meet schedule was. Um, but this year in cross country, she has stepped up big time. She had a great summer of training um, and she will put herself in workouts with Christy and Katie. And that has only made her better. Like I said, they make everyone more confident, but Maureen very much puts herself in training positions with them, which has just worked so well for us. Um, and yes, she just had a phenomenal breakout performance on Saturday, which was really exciting. Um, and then Megan Soul is actually an 800-meter runner. So she 
uh, is running cross country for us this year, uh, just because we have low numbers. So we are very thankful for her and all she's done to help us uh, get fourth uh, in the ECC meet this year. But yeah, she is primarily 800, so the training is a little different. Uh, she has been training with a group of other 800 meter runners. So that would be Allison Camacho and Samantha Latour. And the three of them have just done phenomenally to step up and help our team uh, race all these cross country meets this year. Because like I said, our numbers are a little bit low. So we sometimes need to dig into our mid distance group to get uh, to field a full team for cross country meets. But yeah, they've done such an incredible job and we're very thankful that they're flexible um, and very capable of running so well on the cross country course. What was this year like for you? You finished your cross country career at Fordham in 2018 and now you're leading a team to much success at Malloy. And then just to piggyback off the first half of that question, your second meet of the year was at Van Cortland Park at the Fordham fiasco. So kind of familiar territory for you. And what was it like coaching against some of maybe your former teammates and former coaches as well? Yeah. So it's kind of cool because I almost feel like I haven't, yeah, I really feel like I haven't even left the college running scene, but that's a good thing because I kind of know all the competition. So in 2018, my team at Fordham had a lot of success because our team was so close. Um, and so that's the one thing that I really try and instill at Malloy right now and my Malloy girls. Um, I just want them to be really close and to want to race their best for each other. Um, so that's like something that I've always carried over. That's the most, the most successful cross country teams are the ones where everybody's friends and you're all just racing out there with each other for each other. And then seeing some of my old Fordham teammates this year was very funny. Um, I was rooting against them because I'm, you know, very impartial to Malloy. I want us to do better than everyone else. Um, but that also meant we were at Van Cortland Park, which is where I used to train at Fordham. So I, I know the course very well. So I was able to give my Malloy girls all the tips. Um, I think that helped them a lot. Um, that is an extremely hard cross-country course, though. So I think they had a little bit more respect for me after realizing that I had to train there every day for four years. But they did very well. Um, unfortunately, Fordham beat us that day, but give me two more years with this team, and I think that we could beat them. <laughs> so your first role uh, with Malloy was spending one season as an assistant coach with both the men's and the women's programs. What's the transition been like for you uh, going from assistant coach for one season to you know, being a head coach? Um, luckily, it's been a pretty smooth transition. Uh, coach Buth has been really helpful getting me to uh, do all the small things or just helping me do all the small things. Um, so it's been fairly smooth. Uh, Responsibility-wise, I get a lot more text from the athletes. I think that would be the biggest change because um, that's something that he used to deal with. So, But, yeah, it's kind of nice only working with the women's team because I get half as many texts as Coach Buse got last year. So that's nice. It doesn't feel too overwhelming. But yeah, I'm really enjoying being in this position so far. Uh, the girls have also been extremely helpful 
there are definitely days where maybe I get a little overwhelmed and some of my athletes will say, is there anything you need from us? And I'll have to be like, no, 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 it's okay. I'm the one who should be helping you, but thank you for just being patient with me and, um, you know, helping me transition into this new position. So they've been, my girls have been phenomenal with that. And that's definitely made this a whole lot easier. And we mentioned you competing with the last question with Fordham. You were part of that all 25 year team. And, but you also still compete now with the uh, Central Park Track Club. Uh, how does competing now help you coaching? Because you're kind of going through the same thing they're going through now, which is competing, wanting to PR and do your best to win races. Yeah. So it's very helpful being in shape with these athletes because I get to train with them. Maybe they don't like that, but I do think that it helps them. So when my athletes are doing workouts now, I'll hop in with them to kind of push them along. And especially Katie Moore, I work out with her um, fairly often and she uh, never fails to give me a run for my money. It's always very humbling. But being a part of a track club, Central Park, I have a coach, Coach Devin, um, my first female coach, um, and she has been phenomenal and giving me advice if there's anything that I'm ever unsure about Devin is always there to kind of help me figure it out or just like listen to me talk it through um so it's been really helpful having a female coach to look up to um it gives me another perspective on how to coach my athletes to reach their full potential now, I always ask athletes this uh, all the time, but what made you decide to come to Malloy after graduating from Fordham? Uh, so I always knew that I wanted to coach. I just didn't know that it would happen so soon. Um, so I think it was the spring of 2020. I reached out to Coach Deuce. I had known him from high school. And, you know, um, my high school was pretty close to where he was coaching and every high school coach that you're like acquaintances with will always say, if you ever need anything, just reach out. And I had seen that he was coaching Malloy. So I reached out and I said, do you need any female coaches? I see that you don't have any on your roster. Um, that was my in being a female coach on an all male roster. Um, so yeah, I just reached out to coach Buse, Um And fortunately, they had a position open and I started uh, in the fall of 2020, which was pretty great. Last question before you let you go. This was mainly about cross country, but you're entering your first indoor season as a head coach and you had a great career at Fordham. We had multiple school records and top runner in the 810, but you look at your team now and I don't know what year anyone is because of COVID. So they're either juniors or seniors, but you have that senior class, we'll call them led by, Megan O'Callaghan, Christiane Weber, Keely Visigi, and Christy Arena, just that group that has gone through so much together, multiple all-ECC honor, honors, multiple school records. What are they bringing? How could it be exciting for the women's team going into the track year? So I absolutely love that class. I think that they are the heart and soul of Malloy's team. You know, you've got our two captains, Christy and Kaylee there. So we wouldn't name someone a captain unless we saw these great leadership qualities within them. And they, and their whole class, and they lost a few members. So Mary was part of that class too. 
but that whole class just does a phenomenal job of leading by example. And really all the athletes uh, younger than them just follow their lead. So, you know, they've done a great job on and off the track, um, and they've definitely inspired a lot of younger athletes to do the same. They're all also just really nice and really coachable, so they make our job a lot easier. Um, but, yeah, I've seen a few of the track practices, and everybody looks pretty strong right now. So I'm excited to see what we can do. And specifically with uh, Megan O'Callaghan, I'm very uh, interested to see if she can secure another ECC title in the 400. She looks pretty strong right now. So I'm excited to see how that pans out. Coach, thank you for taking the time. Congratulations on the good showing at ECC's. Best of luck at regionals coming up on November 6th. And uh, look forward to see what the team can do on the track. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. I'd like to thank Laurel for taking the time and doing the interview. The fall sports are wrapping up. It's the most exciting time of the year. Thank you for Ryan for helping me break them down and we'll see you next time on the main stage. Don't forget to follow us at the main stage on Instagram and at Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Malloy lines. Thank you. And we'll see you next time.